Hey everybody, welcome to the Federal Proposal Podcast. As I record this special edition of the Federal Proposal Podcast on Labor Day, two named tropical storms, Danielle and Earl, are out in the Atlantic presenting no apparent danger to the coastal United States. Danielle is rapidly going extra-tropical, approaching the southwestern UK coast, while Earl will most likely dissipate out in the open Atlantic after bringing substantial rainfall to Puerto Rico. On the Pacific side of the continent, Tropical Storm K is off the coast of Mexico and isn't presenting a serious threat as of yet. While these three storms die out in the next few days, history says this will not be the end of the storms we see this year. September is the month of peak tropical activity and has seen some of the most violent and damaging storms in the past few years. I bring these storms up because the part of the federal government most readily associated with disasters and disaster recovery is the Federal Emergency Management Agency, or FEMA. Today we're going to explore how your organization can do business with FEMA in their disaster recovery operations. Most of the material presented in this episode will be a synopsis of a webinar presented by FEMA small business representatives to a group of vendors through the Maryland Procurement Technical Assistance Center, or PTAC, along with some original research on the FEMA website and some opinion. We'll discuss the FEMA aspect first, and then I'll discuss the PTAC afterward. First, a little history. The first recorded instance of the federal government providing disaster aid was in the 1803 by a congressional act following a devastating fire seriously affecting the Portsmouth, New Hampshire seaport. Beyond that, emergency support services were somewhat erratic until President Jimmy Carter signed Executive Order 12127, establishing FEMA in 1979. A later executive order that same year gave FEMA the dual mission of emergency management and civil defense. The missions of FEMA were further defined and clarified in 1988 with the passage of the Stafford Act. There were a number of acts normally passed after natural disasters that have further defined FEMA's role and responsibilities since 1988. Each has provided specific relief measures and funding for those disasters and further defined the mission of FEMA. We're going to focus on the emergency management mission in this episode. While FEMA does provide some direct aid to disaster victims, primarily through grants, its bigger role is the coordination of resources generally provided by local or regional contractors. This can involve a broad range of support services and supplies to include the provision of shelters, whether fixed, think apartments, or trailers, the contracting for debris removal, food supplies, etc. These disaster services are only provided in those cases where the President of the United States has made a disaster declaration based upon the request by a state's governor or leadership of the District of Columbia, Puerto Rico, the Virgin Islands, Guam, America, Samoa, and the Commonwealth of the Northern Mariana Islands. Native American tribal governments also have the option of requesting an emergency declaration. There are a number of steps a requesting entity must take prior to the declaration, and some larger states handle smaller disasters rather than ask for federal involvement. Increasingly, the economic impact of disasters resulting from natural causes, 
hurricanes, tornadoes, earthquakes, or fires ultimately result in the federal disaster declarations. Earlier I pointed out that FEMA's major role is as a coordinator of disaster response, and now I want to point out how that coordination takes place and show the tie into some activities contractors should take if they want to contract with FEMA. FEMA maintains an internal group called the Industry Liaison Program, or ILP. This program manages the strategic relationships with suppliers and stakeholders and provides information for suppliers who want to do business with FEMA. In addition, they ensure that vendors are connected with program offices in support of FEMA's mission. After a disaster is declared, FEMA stands up a Local Business Transition Team, or LBTT, to act as the on-site liaison with vendors working with FEMA in the disaster area. With that as a background, let's look at four steps that will put your organization in a position to do business with FEMA. These steps are skewed towards small business, but large businesses can follow a similar path. The first step is to get involved with your local PTAC organization. There are more than 300 PTACs worldwide in both CONUS and OCONUS locations. The PTACs exist under a program managed by the Defense Logistics Agency and exist to assist local businesses to successfully compete in the federal marketplace. Your PTAC will assist your organization in presenting your capabilities to the federal government, not just FEMA. The transcript of this podcast will provide a link to assist in identifying your local PTAC. The second step is to register your organization with the System for Award Management, otherwise known as SAM. The website for this is www.sam.gov. SAM will assign your organization a unique entity identifier, which will be your primary identification within SAM. You'll provide a fair amount of information about your organization to include your company name and contact information, your payment acceptance methods, and your agreement to some baseline terms and conditions of doing work with the government. You will need your TIN or EIN if available. If you don't have either, go to the www.irs.gov to start the process. One of the other things you can do within SAM is indicate your willingness to participate in the Disaster Response Registry. This is the registry FEMA uses to identify potential vendors who are willing to work with FEMA under disaster conditions. Obviously, you need to understand FEMA's missions and goals. This is the third step. The most important thing for you to remember is that FEMA's goal is to seek local companies within the disaster area for goods and services related to a specific disaster when practical and feasible. In the transcript, I've provided the major laws and procurement regulations with which you should become familiar to do business with the federal government. The fourth step is to monitor the sites that showcase the myriad of contracting opportunities available through the federal government. These include SAM, the Unison Marketplace, and the DHS Acquisition Planning Forecast System maintained by DHS. Links for these three are included in the transcript. I've also included information for the FEMA Industry Liaison Program in the transcript. Finally, I've included a graph from the FEMA presentation that shows the top commodities procured by FEMA during a disaster. Services obviously vary by the situation, but obviously debris removal is always a top consideration. 
That's it for the special episode. I'd like to thank all the folks that have taken the time to listen or download this podcast. The numbers are growing with each episode. We'll be releasing our major episode two on September 7th, this Wednesday. And we'll also have a breakdown of the Oasis Plus solicitation in the next few days. As always, feedback is appreciated at ken.blair at fedprops.com. Suggestions for improvements or suggested topics are always welcome. Thanks for listening. The Federal Proposal Podcast is copyright 2022 by Blair Associates Incorporated. All rights reserved.